Joe, it is August 7th, in case you didn't know. It is a Friday. I did not know. Friday, and this is the 14th episode of The Chopping Block for the week of August 7th. Um, Joe, what have you been doing this week? Anything you've been watching, playing? Mm, not playing much, but I've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, let's see, I saw the remake of Vacation with Ed Helms. Um, don't see that. <laughs> don't see it at all. Uh, it was pretty bad. Um, like the, the so whoever is a fan of the original Vacation, um, this is just gonna make you cry because it's it's just bad. There's just so many missed opportunities they had with this movie that they that they could have just done um, like so much better. Like the whole thing with like you know having a foreign car go, like where you're going on this like family road trip. Like they, he gets like uh, Rusty gets this Albanian car that takes that, that's just kind of falling apart the whole way. Whereas, like, an easy opportunity to remedy this would have been, like, oh, he goes visit his parents for some reason, and then he gets the original station wagon from the movie, from the first movie, and they continue their journey in that. It would have made it for a better set piece, and it would have been, like, much more entertaining along the line. But, like, there's just, like, so many, it's like, it's one of those comedies that makes you angry. Okay. Like, the characters are so stupid. Just mm-hmm. and so okay. annoying that it just makes you angry because like there's no way in hell someone is actually fucking like this and this stupid. And, like, well, and like the funniest moments come from like supporting actors, and it's. Just, that, uh, I feel like that's uh, that tends to be the case nowadays, though, where some of your best moments aren't from the main cast. But like, that shouldn't be the case, though. Yeah, I'm not saying that should be the case, but I feel like that that tends to be what what kind of happens. Like, like the only thing I can say about it is literally just. Ugh. Now let me ask you this: um, If you think someone came into this fresh, hadn't seen the first Vacation movie, um, they were like, "Oh, Ed Helms, I like that guy." Like, do you think they could watch that and no. enjoy that? No. Now you're. Take away the fact that you I'm upset take, about no, no, it because I'm, I'm you're taking away, like I, I look, I like I, I love the first one. The first one's really awesome. It's so good. It's just it hits on all the right notes. But this one is just it's just infuriating. Like did you ever did you ever see Identity Thief? The one with Melissa McCarthy and Jason yes, Bateman. Yes, actually, I did. Like you know how kind of like super annoying it was just to see Jason Bateman get shit on the entire time, and like literally him like having done nothing wrong the entire time in the movie gets arrested by the cops, almost loses his job, and like he like loses his credit and almost loses his like and just like all this horrible shit happens to him when he literally did nothing wrong. It's like you're the like Jason Bateman is the audience in this. You did nothing wrong, and you're getting just like shit on the entire movie because it's just it's just kind of it's just lowbrow humor and like not even like good lowbrow humor. It's just kind of like cringy humor, like like oh I can't believe he's saying this. I can't believe he's doing this, and it's just kind of making you feel embarrassed for the character. And that's not good comedy. That's just that's. You know, just making a mockery out of like your main character, and then kind of shitting all over the audience because like there's no other way you think they can get you get a laugh out of them. Yeah, that's kind of that. That is kind of upsetting when you see um, movies um, that don't hold their audience in a certain yeah. like you know light. Like they kind yeah. of just think that the the best way to get laughs is like the cheapest laughs mm-hmm. that they can find. Like that's always kind of a, almost like a little <clears throat> offensive. Yeah. Cause I mean like, I mean like the, the, the landscape of comedy has changed drastically for a bit, you know, 
it's um it's like changed because of like you know Judd Apatow's success and like his kind of brand of comedy and then because of you know uh, Will Ferrell's success that kind of like you know you know man babyish type of stuff you know like he's an adult but he still acts like a child or whatever yeah. in certain situations which is fine and good for Will Ferrell because he can pull it off but because they kind of skew that and to try and put fit make a fit for everybody it doesn't work and like there are times where like literally like a lot of problems in that movie could have been solved just by a character just literally shutting up and not talking anymore yeah it, it's it, I kind of find that upsetting because yeah it, it, it's almost like these characters have never been in any other kind of situation like this before yeah. they've never like had a situation where the best option is to not say anything mm-hmm. and of course it's to play up and make you know it's a movie so you gotta yeah. play up and get laughs and everything but sometimes it's just like no, like you're you're you went for something and failed miserably, yeah. right? So, so like I, I, I think like, I think that they could have easily have just like either not done it or it could have been put into more capable hands. Like this is definitely not a good movie at all. But I will tell you what is a good movie: the new Mission Impossible movie is super fucking awesome. It's like really good. Like like, a lot, like there's been like articles coming out saying like there's like you can like Tom Cruise now again. And I kind of find that stupid, you know, uh, because like, yeah, because you've always liked, I, Tom I've actually honestly have kind of always liked Tom Cruise's stuff. He is like a fantastic actor. Have you ever seen Jerry Maguire and Rain Man? He's great in those and Magnolia. He's amazing in Magnolia. And like, he just can pull off these really crazy, cool action scenes. The only, like I can say, definitely say one he's, of the movies. He's like, one of those actors too, that really gets into his work because I've heard that he like, at some point, um, like worked for like a postal delivery company for like six months to get into character for one of his characters. Yeah, and like he he's gone through all this shit. And he does like most of his own stunts and stuff as well, right? Yeah, he does a lot of uh, stuff. So that's that's at least respectable. Yeah. The only th- downside I think he had the whole Scientology thing and, and like yeah. he kind of went crazy there for a bit where he's like jumping on couches and yeah, you know, he, doing that like, whole thing. So like, people go fucking insane in Hollywood all the time and we're always able to kind of look past it. I mean, if you look at like Joaquin Phoenix, there was a whole like couple years where he just like fell off the face of the earth and he was just like everyone's going this guy is clinically insane or dead. Oh, like or he's like <laughs> dead somewhere. He like pulled a he pulled the river phoenix and like od in the viper room you know and uh so but like you know like if you look at this stuff joaquin phoenix has done now he's an amazing amazing actor who just like gets absorbed in his work and does amazing jobs well he's coming out with that movie that's coming out kind of soon isn't he the new woody allen movie with yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. with emma stone yeah. um like a serious man or some bullshit like that i can't remember i'm not, not a big woody allen fan but um <laughs> um but like i've always liked tom cruise for the most part you know like i can definitely say like i'm not a fan of all of his movies like i felt like jack reacher was a piece of shit yeah. hated that movie like like just character motivations made no sense and like the plot was fucking retarded um but like the action scenes were pretty cool in it um so but like this new mission impossible i think kind of puts it on a level of like the James Bond movies the way they are now I think like this is like American James Bond flicks these are like American 007 movies it kind of seems that way Um, for whatever reason I have like this negative feeling towards Mission Impossible movies and not that I can like 
you know, if I like think back to what movie might have caused that or anything, I can't think of one. It's probably the second one. So I don't know why I have this like just negative feeling about the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Um, but you are saying if I went to go watch this movie, I think if you went to go watch this movie, you'd have a great time. Okay. I think like like it, it's like it's not like the best movie in the world or anything. And in terms of action movies, I think that Mad Max Fury Road is still better. Right. But it's actually really it's good. a good like summer movie. It, it's it's just a good popcorn flake. Go in there, get a bucket of popcorn, giant soda, and just like. Kick back for two hours Sit, and just watch like, explosions and like, it's just like explosions. And... It's just craziness because like and it's done so well because like that whole scene in the trailer where he's like latched onto the to the giant plane and it yeah. takes off like that's done in like the first fifteen minutes and like it just gets better and better and better from that. Um, that's good to hear that that's not like the climax of the film and they chose to use that in the trailer mm-hmm. to get your attention because often in trailers I feel like we see them the show best parts. the biggest action scene or the funniest yeah. line in that movie in the trailers mm-hmm. and you go in and you're disappointed Yeah, but I'm kind of happy to hear that that happens so quickly in the beginning Yeah, and leads to better things yeah. not to where like this is the highest point in the movie 15 minutes, of the minute, 15 minutes into the movie and now you've got to watch like two and a half hours of garbage yeah. like, I'm glad that it uh, that's the starting point yeah it's like, so like the action scenes are just they're just fantastic like I don't want to give like all of them away but there's just like like this whole like uh, like diving sequence where he goes underwater into like a giant like computer brain type of thing and right. it's just and like like the, the whole the whole thing is just so tense it's actually it's, it's just kind of so tense you kind of can't help but just like just stare at the screen and you can't really peel yourself away from it so there, there's a lot of really good points in that and then let's see I saw I saw a couple like uh, films that came out last year for that were nominated for best uh, um, animated picture um, I finally saw Big Hero 6 um, How did you like it? It was just it was like kind of watching on whim on HBO, and I actually really really liked yeah, it. Yeah, Big Hero Six was great. I I was like and that fucking last part fucking made me sad as shit. <laughs> when he's like, I'm gonna let go. I'm gonna like fucking boost you up and like punch do his little arm punch thing. Yeah. Like send him off. That shit made me sad. Yeah, that movie was great though. Yeah, that, movie, that movie was so good. Like, I I was very very surprised how much I it really had like a it. very strong like you know it had a very strong visual sense. Uh, and, visually looked nice, and uh, the like, acting was you know the voice mm-hmm. acting was great, and even the supporting characters really added a lot yeah. to that. T.J. Miller was so good in that movie. I like that it's implied in that movie that T.J. Miller or like his. Is it his dad or something? Is Stan Lee? There's a yeah, picture exactly in the uh, in the hallway or something. Yeah, where not not a lot of people know this, but Big Hero Six is kind of a very little known Marvel property. Yeah, um, yeah. not a lot of people know that. Uh, it's just it, it, it's not it's not really gone anywhere. It hasn't really gotten a lot of buzz. Yeah, it's not like it's not your big like Captain America, Spider Man's no. or anything. like that. I think that. it's kind of like the perfect adaptation for Disney to to kind of go into that whole like superhero realm kind of deal. Yeah, because yeah, I mean like it's not that well known. It didn't really has really have much of a run to it um and you know just kind of like you, you can easily work with it you know yeah. so like i thought it was really good i was very very impressed with it and then i saw um i think this is a studio ghibli flick that came out last year called the tale of princess kaguya and it's a g- traditionally animated japanese flick and uh they kind of did it like with like watercolors or something and it's just it's crazy like it looks great it looks fantastic um it's kind of dull the is um the story is kind of slow kind of boring a little bit but it's like 
it's not like a you know a Disney took a Japanese fairy tale. This right. is like straight up Japanese fairy tale kind of traditional like a style. Japanese storytelling exactly. style movie. Like, not just like, like an American translation of a Japanese story, exactly. but an like, actual Japanese story told by like like an actual in a like, way that only Japan did. Yeah, like I imagine this is like a, like a legit story that, you know, you know, parents told their kids right. you know before they went to sleep or something like that. Um, and it was but I really liked it. The visual style was really really good. Story as I said is kind of kind of on the slow side. Um, and it doesn't really kind of pull a lot of punches, you know, in like sense of kind of like the ending, because like the ending is not a happy ending. Right. You can't really construe it as much of a happy ending. Um, but like, yeah, like if if you're interested in it, check it out. I actually kind of kind of dug it a little bit. So like, um, kind of want to see what else like the Studio Ghibli movies kind of have because I've never really seen much of any of them. There's some in there that are that are definitely held as classics. Um, I know, like, Spirited Away is, like, the main one. Yeah. But I've, like, never really seen it. I, like, saw maybe, like, ten minutes of it when I was a kid, but I've just never really bothered to go watch it. Yeah, I mean, I think um, revisiting those movies definitely isn't a bad thing. Yeah. They're Um, all on Gamefly, so I'm probably just getting all the Gamefly as well. Um, As for myself, um, the only thing I've really been doing, and this will kind of lead us off on our gaming topic, the only thing I've been playing (laughs) um, is Rare Replay. Yeah. And all the games, of course, you know, that are included in that yeah. replay. Um, Rare Replay is fucking great. Um, if you're looking for, like, a best value for your money kind of a thing, mm-hmm. Rare Replay is the best way to do it. 30 games for 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, like, 10 of those games, um, you're, you might have, depending on your age group, you might have no interest in playing these games. Yeah. Those very, very early, like, 80s games, um, they kind of control super shit. <laughs> um, some of them, like, um, there's there's a number of them in there that I've never played before. Mm-hmm. Um, but very true to, like, those old style of games, it just drops you into this world without yeah. letting you know what's going on, what the story is, what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Because most of that stuff came packaged with, you know, like, in-game manuals that came with games. Yeah. Um, so, in a lot of these games, you're getting dropped in and you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Eh. Like, I started those games. I've played, I think I've tried every single game in there um, as of right now. Um, those early ones, they're pl- they're all sort of playable, but they might not grab you unless you're a fan of that era if you, like, grew up playing those mm-hmm. games. Um, where it really started to take off for me was those um, like NES games. Like you had uh, RC uh, Pro Am Racing. Okay, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I remember playing that one as a kid. Yeah. So that that's in there. They have the sequel in there. Um, Battletoads is in there, of which course. I know is a huge. Um, it's like a. It's almost like it's got a meme level of. It's just like, it's not not because it's a good game. It's just because it's so in like the internet consciousness at the moment. Yeah, that and it's extremely difficult. Yeah, um, almost unfair as some yeah, people would say. Um, there is uh, luckily uh, for some of the games they have included things like cheats, mm-hmm. unlimited lives, unlimited health, stuff like that, and they've also included a rewind feature so you can pull the left trigger at any point and it'll rewind the game in case you like miss a jump or do something stupid. You can rewind the game and try that section over again. So okay. that's kind of cool. Um, 
Uh, they had a, the Battletoads arcade, which I never ever played. Played through that, and it was uh, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it was actually pretty fun. Uh, very very true to like any old ar- old school arcade game, like the X Men arcade game or the Simpsons arcade game, just side scrolling. Yeah, defeat bosses, next area, you know, stuff like that. Um, Killer Instinct uh, Gold is in there. Yeah, where we get the great combo breaker that you know everybody yeah. loves to quote everywhere. Um, well, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Every okay. So here's another thing. Um, all the games that are emulated. Mm-hmm. So there's the Rare Replay, and that comes with 24 games, I believe, mm-hmm. in that section. So yeah. everything from the N64 <clears throat> era is emulated mm-hmm. in that thing. The other ones are released in their 360 version. So uh, Perfect Dark, you get the 360 arcade version that yeah. came out. Um, with Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, same thing. Um, so with those, you have the achievement. It, it switches to those games. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you get it, and it's... It's a great first look at the whole uh, Xbox 360 simulation, the backwards compatibility okay. that they're yeah. in. Because when you start it, it shows the old school uh, 360 mm-hmm. little logo okay. thing. Um, Conquer's Bad Fur Day, they chose to go with the N64 version. Emulated, it, it, everything's emulated great. Yeah, um, It feels good. The only thing that's different really is the controller prompts. Yeah. So instead of saying like press the right C, you know, mm-hmm. button like it would on the N64, it'll say like press right on the D pad or yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, fucking amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of games in there that I never played, and a lot of them are from this last generation of consoles. Uh, Viva Pinata, I never played. Yeah. I was always kind of interested, but never actually picked it up. That game is great. Yeah. Um, Nuts and Bolts, uh, which a lot of people shat on. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't a traditional banjo game. Yeah. Um, surprisingly fun. I am really into it, and the comedy aspect of Banjo Kazooie is definitely in there. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely worth picking up. Thirty dollars. I mean, like you can't get any better than that. Yeah. That's a great deal. Um, see, I just want to talk about that a little bit. Um, Definitely, even even if you go in just to get, just if you've never played five of those games, yeah. In my opinion, that's easily worth thirty dollars. I mean, it, it sounds like it's just a really good deal because I remember like years ago on like the original Xbox, they used to release um, just like uh, like the Namco collections, like yeah, all the arcade yeah. cabinet games that yeah. they used to come out back in the day, and they just had like sixty plus fucking games on a disc, and you would just get it for like ten bucks. And just like play the shit out of it. Yeah, exactly. And and it's one of those things where it's that they've kind of done a little more than just bundle these games yeah. together. Um, they've really given them a home. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there's additional like um, special videos regarding like development of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even five videos, I believe, of like five unreleased games that Rare never put out. Really? But there's like concept art and like all of what they were planning on doing with it. That sounds pretty cool. Um, it is the 30th anniversary of Rare, which is why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. It's not a... I wouldn't really call it a true representation of their 30 years um, because you're missing a couple things like Donkey Kong Country, which yeah. I'm, you, I'm sure you can get because Nintendo. Uh, GoldenEye's not in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Diddy Kong Racing, another Nintendo thing. Um, and then you have all of their Kinect games that they've done for the last, like... 
don't know, six, seven years. Yeah. So all those Kinect games aren't in there either. So it's not a true representation of their 30 years, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a like greatest hits of those 30 yeah. years, without a doubt. Um, so go check it out. Go buy it now. Um, and there's plenty of couch co-op, too. So That's with, like, Now that would be like something to get into. So with something like Perfect Dark, you can play split-screen multiplayer on your TV with two controllers. Uh, with Conker's Bad Fur Day, same thing. Um, with Battletoads, you can do the whole co-op thing. So there's definitely definitely plenty to do. Go Sounds check dope. it out. Um, since we're talking about uh, remakes and remasters, uh, Gears of War Ultimate Edition, which comes out in a couple weeks, yeah. I believe on the 25th of this month. Um, so this game will is a remaster of Gears of War 1. Uh, redone... Uh, I'm sure I don't need to tell you guys. You guys already know. Yeah, uh, we talked about it before too. Yeah. I think um, the neat thing. So everyone's kind of upset that there was a, it was only Gears of War one. Yeah, uh, they are giving you all four Gears games um, from the 360 yeah. backwards compatibility. So if you played before the end of the year, before December 31st, uh, all you have to do is play it. So I think you could probably get it on GameFly. Yeah, pop it in your console. Get access to those games and then go back and buy it later. Yeah. Um, but you're going to get Gears 4 2, Gears of War 3, Gears of War. F- Judgment. Judgment. And then Gears of War, I believe the original one. Yeah. Unless I'm. Mean, should. That should be it. Yeah. Um, so you're going to get all the Gears games, including Judgment, which people don't really hold in that high regard. Um, but that's one remaster and four games for 40 bucks. That's not too bad. The Gears no. games are pretty good. I mean, like the um, Gears games have kind of just improved with each just each iteration. Yeah. Instead of just kind of like improving upon the improving upon the second game, and they kind of just plateauing out and just kind of being the same game with different storylines further down the line, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's been pretty cool. I'm definitely gonna try and check it out. I'll probably just do that. I'll probably just get it on GameFly. That way I can get access to the other games. Or I'll probably just keep the disc for <laughs> until I beat all four games again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're definitely they're definitely good games. Um, of course, if you go back and play Gears of War 1 right now, it probably doesn't hold up as good as some of the other mm-hmm. ones. Um, but that's why they're remastering it, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty excited. Um, the one thing I haven't heard anything about, and maybe they're going to add in there, maybe they're not. Um, I would want a horde mode in that Gears of War Ultimate Edition. They have said they're going to do some uh, implement some Gears of War three multiplayer meta- mechanics into the Ultimate Edition's mechanics yep. or multiplayer. But we haven't heard anything about a horde mode, and eh, that's I mean like one of the best parts. They just need Gears like one horde mode though. Yeah, like like if they can just like do one horde mode with just like you know the maps from two and three, and probably four, I guess like Judgment. Um, that would just be fine. That would work, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely. Mean, like, I, I just hope that they include it in that remastered where it's not like I have to go to uh, the Gears of War 3 yeah. version to play Horde mode. I kind of wouldn't want that. But no. Eh, even, even if that's the case, that doesn't seem like too bad of a deal. If no. you haven't played the games or if you've been wanting to revisit them. Yeah, I haven't want to revisit them for a bit in all yeah. honesty. I mean, I think the only Gears of War game I still own is Gears of War 3. Yeah. So I'd like to revisit those first couple ones. Yeah. And that story, and it plays out well. Yeah. And the whole spectrum of things, it's actually 
It's, it's, it's pretty it's good. A, it's a good trilogy. It's not bad. And then especially if you're able to kind of just like marathon through like all three games at one time. Yeah. Or at least within like, you know, a couple weeks of each other. I think it would kind of be more fulfilling. Because yeah. like just on their own, they're not bad, but they kind of just leave you like, okay, well, where the fuck am I going to go from here, I guess. You know, it kind of leaves you kind of hanging a little bit. Um, I think all three of them together probably be a lot better. Yeah. Um, so let's talk some stuff that came out of Gamescom. Um, Halo Wars 2, since we're already on uh, Xbox News, we might as well keep this train rolling. Yeah. Uh, Halo Wars 2 was announced. Um, there's kind of some teases um, to this. They um, had said that a beloved uh, strategy franchise was going to come back. Obviously, this was it. Obviously. Um, so this isn't supposed to be released until um, next year, mm-hmm. next holiday season. Um, but I remember the gear. The oh, why am I keep saying gear? I remember the Halo Wars uh, game kind of fondly. Yeah. Uh, as far as like real time strategy games on uh, console, it controlled very well. Mm-hmm. Very easy to do. Usually, you need a computer keyboard to do that kind of uh, stuff. But. I have honestly just never played it. It just never really grasped me as a game that I need to play. You know what I can see them doing because they need to drum up some kind of excitement for this game. Um, once they do the whole backwards compatibility thing, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to make it one of the games with gold. Yeah. Um, because I don't think that they take the time to do like a remaster, or like a re-release of the game. But I can definitely see them doing it games with gold and giving it access to Xbox One people. Yeah. So they kind of revisit it and remember it how they did, or like yourself who never played it. Um, kind of get a feeling for it and see if it's something that you'd be into. Yeah. Um, that's something I can see them doing. Uh, but that's, that's pretty good news. I mean... It's not bad. Yeah. Um, they announced that uh, backwards compatibility will be here in November. It's pretty, um, pretty soon. Pretty soon. Um, it lines up with the whole Fallout and you getting Fallout 3. Yeah. Um, and that stuff works great. And I can say that because now having the Ray Replay and having some of these 360 games emulated on my console already, um, it's very satisfying to see that 360 logo come up. It kind yeah. of brings up this feeling <laughs> of like, you know. It's like it's like nostalgia, but nostalgia removed by like only like two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it emulates great uh, to bring up the actual like little dashboard. Mm-hmm. Um, in game, you got to hold down the, the start and the uh, menu button yeah. at the same time. Um, but it, you know, you can look at your achievements. You can send messages, and it it's great. It, it feels like it should. Yeah. So uh, definitely excited to see what they're gonna. I hope they come out with this like giant list of the games I'll be able to play. Yeah. Soon. Like um, I know they announced some, and kind of a lot of them were just disappointing. The yeah, only ones I, that kind of interested me were the Gears ones that they announced. I mean, they've said that everything that Microsoft. Um, Every like first party Microsoft game and Microsoft published mm-hmm. game is going to be backwards compatible on day one. Yeah. Um, after that, it's just kind of getting these other studios to kind of be like, yeah, we're gonna. That's okay. Yeah. So I because I, I really want to revisit Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, I want to revisit that one so much, but like I don't really want to dig out my 360 and like plug it back in again yeah. just so I can play it. And I literally can't. Yeah. My Xbox 360 is in pieces somewhere. It's dead. It's deader than dead. The hard drive is still alive. <laughs> but that's dead. really all that was needed out of it. Um, and the disc reader. Yeah. 
Well, this disc reader is dead. <laughs> That's the reason why I tore that <laughs> Xbox <laughs> apart. So your, your console is just fucking dead now. Yeah, <laughs> there ain't no coming back from that. And, um, they showed Crackdown gameplay. Crackdown. And that shit looks cool. Yeah. And they've kind of... This is the first time that they've talked about using the cloud at all. Um, but now they're going to use the cloud... <laughs> And it's supposed to add like twenty times the amount of computing power to your than your just your Xbox One can run alone. Okay, um, and that's how they can make it to where you can destroy the whole city in multiplayer. Okay, only in multiplayer, but um, you can bring down buildings, and those buildings will topple mm-hmm. and will destroy other buildings. Yeah, in the process, as they like fall over and hit those buildings, um, it's very it, everything just feels satisfying like yeah. to look at them destroy everything and just know that you can destroy it too and it's not like battlefield field where it's just like levolution now the map has yeah. changed it's like no you just destroy this, this building form destruction yeah exactly because depending on which side you attack it from let's say if you attack it all from the right side mm-hmm. um the building is going to collapse on itself to the right yeah so like a tree would essentially mm-hmm. like you know any kind of real falling building yeah so that's really cool um, and it's nice. It, it it's nice to know that if they can do this with the cloud now, it kind of makes me like, wonder what the future will. Hold. Yeah, because th- this probably will be that breakthrough title that's able to kind of harness like this new tech that they're trying to deal with. And if it if it works, if it, like if this game's successful, we can definitely see this probably take off in the future. Yeah. And I remember actually being a fan of the first two Crackdown games too. I actually really liked those because like I remember uh, like Crackdown was just like a lot of people just got it just to get the beta for Halo Three. Yeah. Exactly. And, but like, which I kind of did too. But you know, I just like playing through Crackdown was actually, was actually a pretty, pretty good experience. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Um, kind of annoying sometimes because like there are times where it's just like I should be a super cop and not be able to die from you know like just getting shot in the head a couple of times. But yeah. but, but you know sometimes you just get killed for stupid reasons. <laughs> but it's, it's it wasn't that bad of a game. I actually really yeah. liked it. So and it, it looks it looks nice. Um, I don't think they've announced a release date. Not that I can remember. I can't remember either. But that should be out sometime <laughs> next year for sure. Yeah. Um, it seemed like Gamescom. Um, is them showing off everything for next year? Yeah, and you know, E three was everything for this year. Gamescom is essentially everything for next year. Yeah. Um, also coming out next year uh, will be Quantum Break, which we saw a little more of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very I, I. The more I see of it, the more questions I have. Yeah. Um, so we got a trailer and it showed some of the live action stuff. Mm-hmm. It showed some of the actual gameplay stuff. The gameplay stuff looks pretty interesting. It'll be interesting to do the whole, you know, little time bubble things that yeah. they're doing, like dropping them on enemies and dropping them on yourself. Um, and the live action stuff, I mean, it looks like any other, you know, good TV show that's yeah. on TV right now. Um, I'll give it that. Yeah. Um, they have some people who are um, sort of well known. I mean, yeah. not like super well, famous they, or they anything. They know but like the characters they played in other shows, essentially. Yeah. Like I know, like one dude's from like Game of Thrones, and then the other dude played Iceman in the like, X Men yeah. movies and shit. But other than that, like I don't really know anybody else. In yeah, that. I mean, but then you know they have some kind of star power. They're not yeah. like a lot, but. Enough, enough to get people yeah, like, enough interested. Enough to be like, oh, hey, I, I know that guy, or I yeah. remember this guy from this. Like, I'll be interested. I'm like probably just like gener- like generating enough interest to get people 
to at least sit down and watch it or play the game or something right. along those lines. Um, so it looks like, and um, you had brought this up before we started recording here, um, how they were going to work this like TV show into a TV it. show. Um, what it seems like they're doing is everything is going to be on disc on day one. Yeah. So there's going to be a story that plays out um, as you play it. So it's not like I'm going to play this section of the game. Now I should wait for the TV show, which airs on Wednesdays. And then after Wednesday, I can go in and play the, play game. the next section of the game. Yeah. It, it seems more so like you can play the game. It's going to show you almost what I would call a cutscene. Yeah. Like, you know, an extended cutscene, and then you go back to playing the game. Like, that's the kind of thing it seems like it's going for. Okay. Because everything's going to be on that disc. Because, of course, the whole Microsoft TV thing mm-hmm. didn't go anywhere. Out. So, it seems like everything's going to be on disc or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on file yeah. on day one. So... All right. Well, it's definitely like a different a change up and kind of a better change up in my opinion because it just seems like that would just be messy kind of to have a TV show with it and then because you know that there's gonna be some people out there who are just gonna fuck with everything just to fuck with everything and and then eventually it's just gonna fall apart because yeah. you know and that kind of stuff is very taxing to do because yeah. one you got to play off the game and you can't really shoot everything um, that much ahead in advance yeah and if you do you've got to shoot multiple different versions of it the amount of anticipation and the amount of just like work needs to be done is not worth the amount of money they have their pump they would have to pump into it to keep perpetually shooting for like probably three times as long as a regular the way i would see it is the only uh viable way to do that would be essentially make two different versions of the story yeah um essentially like a good version a bad version um, and have there be one major choice at the end, yeah. like that splits into two, and that affects certain things, and that really seems like the only way to do it. I guess, yeah. Um, and then you know the next scene will play out. So you're essentially making two different games and two different TV shows, is what it seems like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see that they're kind of going for something that isn't so reliant on the public really yeah because fuck the public really yeah people are people are <laughs> yeah, stupid some, yeah exactly some people are gonna purposely try and do something one way or another way yeah and i could kind of take away from your experience yeah. um i will say this um remedy games is the developer behind it yeah um i would trust them with this more than anyone else i mean they did make alan wake yeah remedy pumped out some pretty interesting stuff so like max Payne one yeah. max Payne two uh, of course, I mentioned Alan Wake. Yeah, I like I liked Alan Wake a lot. Yeah, I like that game. And that's a whole that's lot. a um, that is a very underrated game. I think so too. As in, it, it reviewed very well, but nobody really played it. But God, that game is, is storytelling wise, it's really good. Um, it kind of kept you on your toes to where you thought something was happening, but it wasn't really happening. Um, and of course, the whole thing is played out. To where, you know, your character wrote this story and now you're living out the story. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for the pages of the actual novel. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you would find a page, but it would be a section further ahead. Yeah. And now you're like, oh, I sort of know what might happen in the future. Yeah. And that's kind of very interesting, like a very interesting concept to me. Um, Alan White, go play it. If you haven't played that, yeah. go play that as well. Hopefully, um, hopefully, sure can- hopefully that's going to be... 
on the backwards compatible list. Yeah. I hope it is because that game was so much fun. I really liked it. Um, the only other uh, well, we had scale bound uh, gameplay shown. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that is the game where you have a dragon and you wear Beats headphones, right? Like, That's stupid. Um, That's stupid. I really hope that there's some kind of like character customization in this. I hope because Dr. Dre's char- in. Because the character that they show is this like skinny, white, blonde guy. Short, like weird, spiky <laughs> hair. And he's got a weird earring. So he looks like he he's has, an anime from the 80s. And he has like giant like Beats headphones looking things like hanging it's around his neck. So stupid. Um, character design, I don't like it at all. No. Um, I'm, I just, I'm hearing about it and I don't fucking like it. Yeah, I mean, you can look up a picture of it and look at that. But um, the gameplay play trailer, uh, gameplay, game the gameplay <laughs> trailer, uh, it actually seems kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm going to, like, you know, get this game, but it doesn't look too bad. Uh, the combat kind of seems a little, uh, I would almost call it like a Dynasty war- uh, Warriors kind of a thing, where there's, like, multiple enemies, and you're kind of, like, slashing in between all of them and attacking, and your guy, like, your human character um, has a sword and a shield and a bow and arrow, mm-hmm. and then there's, uh, he can also kind of control this dragon, and the dragon's kind of kicking ass and doing shit as well. He looks like a rejected version of Dante (laughs) from Devil May Cry. So it kind of feels like a Devil May Cry game a little bit as well. Um, The the gameplay the gameplay doesn't seem that bad. Plus there's a giant fucking dragon so like that shit's fucking cool. (laughs) It's like like they literally went like, how can we make our character look cool? Well one, he needs beats by Dre. That's how the guess all all the the cool kids listen to their music. At high school right now, like they have beats. So like we need to get some, <laughs> even though they're actually kind of shitty headphones. <laughs> and he's like, and we need to get. He needs platinum blonde hair and needs a cool leather jacket with a giant sword. Like it's, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, that's a lot of bad decisions kind of piled into one thing, like the Joker. Like I hope that there's some kind of like character customization. Though I'm not holding my breath. Um, I hope. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like I, bad. I really don't like that character design. No, it's a very it's a very Japanese character design. I have to yeah. tell you that, and like just like and, like sometimes they can have like really cool stylization with like their characters, but like that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's uh, a little bit too much for me. Um, like I said, the gameplay doesn't look too bad. No. Um, so that was kind of cool that we saw that. Uh, they announced Mafia Three. Yeah. I don't know if you ever played any of the other I Mafia played, games. Um, I got up to the point of which where you're supposed to do like the whole like you're supposed to steal the race car and drive it through town to like a garage. Um, that part was way too difficult for me, and I was just like <laughs> fuck this game. I'm not playing it anymore. And then I I, I played through like um, like part of like Mafia Two, but um, I just didn't like end up playing through the entire thing for whatever reason. And but. I remember enjoying it. I remember actually having yeah, a pretty good very, time with it. Um, I, it was an open world game, but it was very... There wasn't a lot to do in that open world. Yeah. But they created a very good sense of you being in this time. So all the cars are very time-specific. You know, you can be walking down the street, and there's... You know, like you can see these like brick buildings mm-hmm. and like people standing outside and stuff like that. 
and everyone, you know, of course, like dressed appropriately for the time. Yeah. So visually, in you know, kind of really took you into this world. Um, this one is supposed to take you a little further into the future. Um, it's supposed to be set in Louisiana, yep. I believe, uh, the year 1968. Okay. Um, I believe it's 68. It's supposed to take place after the Vietnam War because your character Vietnam ended in the early 70s, I think. I could be wrong then. Um, but so your character is a veteran. Yeah. Uh, went to war. Uh, has come back. Uh, he was an orphan. Uh, he's half black, half white. So he really doesn't really fit in anywhere. Yeah. But so uh, he, uh, I believe the story is he becomes a part of the uh, the black gang, the African-American gang in the game. Mm-hmm. And then the Italians come in and kill that gang. And he's left with no gang. Kill like, all of them. Kill. He's like left with no family again. So then he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to kill everybody. And he kind of unites some different, uh, three different gangs. Yeah. Uh, a sect of the Italian, the Irish, and then another sect of the African American <laughs> ones, I believe. Um, and he kind of unites them. Mm-hmm. So the whole trailer, it shows him, and he's like telling his story as he's like driving out, and there's a guy in his back seat, yep. all like, you know, mouth taped up and everything. And he's yep. got like a black eye. And he takes this guy out into the bayou drops him like right next to this you know like swampy area Mm -hmm. and um you see the other three members of these like three gangs that he's uniting uh or mafias should i say i don't know why i'm saying gangs but mafias because that's the name of the game Mm -hmm. um and he's like this you know these are the kind of things that i'll do for my family and he's like they're talking to him and he shoots this the the guy who's just kind of hanging out there you don't know why he's there who he is yeah um but then some gators i believe come and like take (laughs) the dude's body because he's like he tells him something along the lines of like nobody's ever gonna find you or something like that um it's an interesting trailer it looks really nice and uh i'm confident that they're gonna make it feel very authentic for the time because they're they were really good with that in Mafia too. Yeah. So um, exciting! I believe that game's supposed to come out in 2016 as well. Okay. Um, I'm pretty excited. Like, I'm kind of liking the sound of it. So yeah, I think it sounds pretty cool. Um, kind of makes me wish I could play through the second one again. Actually, kind of finish it. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of digging the sound of this one. Yeah. Um, so uh, the last but. Definitely not least. I think this is probably the biggest news, um, in my opinion, anyways. Mm -hmm. It's probably some of the biggest news of this last week. Um, Game Informer ran a cover story on the Taken King, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the newest Destiny expansion. And they've released a lot of information. Um, First and foremost, the fact that Peter Dinklage is no longer going to be in the game. Yeah. Um, so, if you didn't know, Peter Dinklage voiced the character Ghost. It's a yeah. little floating guy that kind of follows you around everywhere. Um, so he's going to be completely out of the game, and they're going to replace him with um, with Nolan North, which veteran of the voice acting yeah, community. Pretty much, know. he's in every game already. Yeah, pr- like, probably more, more most well known for yeah. Uncharted. Yeah, um, Nathan Drake. Yeah, Uncharted. I mean, like, if anything, like, if you played a game, you played a game with his voice in it. Yeah. So for the most part, yeah. Um, so I think it's very interesting. This isn't just for people who 
are getting the Taken King DLC. Yeah. This is for everybody. So there's going to be a big Destiny update, and it's going to replace all of the original cast lines, and they're going to replace them with these new lines. Did, did they explain why Peter Dinklage is out? They didn't. Um, my assumption um, is because Peter Dinklage is a pretty big Hollywood star. At this point, yeah. And I'm sure it's kind of difficult to do more voice work mm-hmm. considering he's really like the only character who talked yeah. during all of destiny um and of course they would need him for you know for a game that they plan to support for 10 years yeah they need him in there to record lines for dlc and you know nolan north is going to be open for it peter dinklage might not be yeah another thing is a lot of people didn't really know that it was Peter Dinklage. Well, not voice. even that. They didn't even they didn't like the voice acting. They said it sounded very dull and not very, you know, appropriate. Of course, the whole during the uh, the beta, there was a whole wizard from the moon thing. Yeah, that everybody you know kind of like so much freaked out about that they cut that line from the main game. You know, <laughs> so. That's another kind of factor that might have played into it. Okay. Um, but, you know, by replacing him with Nolan North, uh, it makes a little more sense because that would... Um, they can keep supporting this character further yeah. on down the line. So the DLC um, will have Ghost talking. Yeah. As opposed to these two DLCs that have come out, which have, have needed to be driven by other characters. Mm-hmm. So you really didn't have Ghost talk at all during the DLCs. Yeah. Which is a very weird change of characters because he does nothing but talk during the main quests. Yeah. So I can see that being an issue why they wanted to change it. Um, I'm very interested to hear what that sounds like. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes me... It might make me go back to play Destiny just to play the whole story mode again. Just to listen to all those new... The new lines by Nolan yeah. North. Um, I don't imagine them being, like, <coughs> entirely different. I mean, I could definitely sense, like, probably, like, a def- different, like, voice altogether. But, I mean, like, the way they modulate things, the way they change things with levels yeah. and shit, I can imagine that if, if they... They would probably end up keeping it fairly close to Peter Dinklage's voice in some way. Yeah, I mean, Nolan North had said... Um, he was like, I'm going to let them direct me. Mm-hmm. He had he hadn't heard any of Peter Dinklage's is I don't even have his lines his lines they never he hadn't listened to any of his lines from the game so he was like I'm just gonna do my own thing and have them direct me and let me know how to do it mm-hmm. so um, I think we're gonna get something that's like kind of feels very different yeah though okay so we'll see um, another thing that they're gonna be releasing with this same update that's gonna come out with the Taken King. Uh, once again, you don't need to buy the Taken King to get access to these things. Yeah, they're going to happen anyways. The game's just being updated. So, Joey, what level did you get to in Destiny? I think I was like thirty-four, maybe. Uh, that's impossible because well, like, the level cap is like thirty-four with both DLCs. I believe was it? Yeah. Damn. Okay. Fuck. I can't remember then. Um, but I know I know I got to the point where I needed to get armor to yeah. level up at that point. I can't yeah. remember if that was like twenty or twenty-five or some bullshit, that was a or if I got close to like thirty. So, I keep thinking I got to thirty or beyond or something. So after level, so you leveled up to level twenty normally. You just shot guys and did missions. Yeah. You would get XP. Um, after level twenty, you would need to get armor, which had light associated yeah. to it. 
Um, and the more light you have, the higher your level would be. Yeah. Um, so they're getting rid of that system. Finally. <laughs> that so, shit was annoying. So now you're going to be able to level up all the way to level 40 just by shooting bad guys. And Thank completing God. missions and shit. Um, this is... This is good. Yeah. Because doing that light barrier and having to make the game to where you're having to grind for armor and which is completely based off a chance exactly um having to grind for this new stuff and not being sure that you're gonna get it Mm -hmm. it made leveling up almost like upsetting like it like it just took so long to level up at that point like i think i imagine that's when a lot of people dropped the game because leveling up to like level 25 Mm -hmm. was fairly easy it's really easy to find like you know blue armor that will get you up to that level at that point it really hit like a wall because you had to get nothing but like legendaries and exotics yeah. to really level up to 30, 32 uh, and beyond. Yeah. You know? So I think this is a good thing. Um, and I think it will kind of prevent people who couldn't do the raids before. Yeah. Like the couldn't, couldn't do the the raids, couldn't do the high level strikes, uh, couldn't do any of that stuff because they weren't it was put level. behind that, you know, barrier up yeah. you've got to grind for hundreds of hours to get to the maximum yeah, at least like this kind of grind is a lot more bearable yeah um, because there's actual results right yeah. you're actually like shooting and seeing your numbers go up yep. as opposed to it being like a randomly generated number machine yeah you know and, like maybe at the end of this raid i'll get lucky enough to get an exotic or maybe at the end of this like ranked match i'll be lucky enough to get an exotic or yeah. a legendary item but like it never ever pans out that way though it's always the guy who does the worst, too. It's always the guy who does yeah, the worst who gets everything. You would be playing a raid, and you would get some kind of crap, but then you'd see some guy get, like, two or three legendaries, and you're like, well, that's not cool. Yeah. Because I also did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that they're going to add is actually something kind of related to that. Um, the generator that generates what item you get, they're kind of changing that up a little bit. Yeah. So now... It will um, it will kind of look at the items you already have, mm-hmm. and it'll tr- it'll avoid giving you more of those same items. Yeah. So it'll make that same grind where you may grind for hours and get two or three of the same thing. It's going to make that less likely to happen. Yeah. So that's a good thing because I know some people are we're out there like grinding for like you know special weapons, but they would always get like the same one, yeah. couple of weapons. So now the system will look at the weapons that you currently own and try and give you something different. Okay. So a lot of changes coming to Destiny. Yeah, that might actually make me want to pick it up again. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Um, we haven't played Destiny in a very long time. <laughs> like, I'd say like half a year, I think. Yeah, so um, it'll definitely be good to see them do something that might get... Uh, new players excited and old players excited to pick it back up again. Yeah. Because the people who are still playing Destiny are the people who are, you know, super high level and out there grinding, like, you know, hours upon end. Uh, Most of the more casual players fell off. I think this is a good way to get them back in in the fight, you know? Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for gaming news. Um, 
But God, I like that Destiny news. Really, kind of it's kind of the, it's kind of a big story. Yeah, I mean, like finally, I mean, like because they've been talking about you know uh, just the stuff they're going to do for it, and now that they're actually like because I mean, like there, there's there's a difference between putting out content and then like fixing stuff and that needs to be your game, yeah, and the actual support of the game. And now we're actually seeing some real support of this game. And now I'm kind of like my faith is being restored in it a little bit, um, but I'm still kind of I guess I'm like cautiously optimistic. About yeah. It. No, I, I agree with you. Um, but it it makes me happy to know that if they're willing to put in like this big of a change, mm-hmm. like completely redoing their leveling, completely uh, swapping out a voice actor, you know, like completely redoing these big things that you wouldn't think they would do, uh, it makes me more confident that they actually will support this game and change it for the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take the feedback from your players. And kind of realize, oh, we fucked up with this. Let's fix it. Yeah. So this, while some people might be a little upset by it, um, with the whole, like, you know, I've spent hundreds of hours grinding so I can be level whatever. Yeah. And now someone can just do it by doing missions. Like, yeah, it might piss some people off. But for the most part, it's going to make the game better. Yeah. You're going to be playing with more... uh, more high-level players, so there's going to be more uh, players willing to do, like, high-level strikes and raids and, you know, weekly. They have, like, the weekly, uh, like, you know, I forget what they're called, but the, like, super the, difficult. The weekly events or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, the weekly raid or fuck, I can't remember. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while since so, we touched this. Um, I'm happy to see that because, like I said, it might actually get me to start playing Destiny. Again. Yeah. To know that I won't need to grind for hours to get to a level where I can do some of that end game mm-hmm. content. So, yeah. Um, let's go and take a break, Joey. Um, I'll be back with our movie news, which we actually surprisingly also have a whole bunch of movie news as well. Yeah. Surprising, so, right? Yeah, it's not. I feel like uh, the last couple of weeks we haven't had. It's like it, they come in like waves, you know, like 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 they'll it'll die down for a bit, and then some sh- crazy shit's gonna start happening again, and then it's gonna die back down. It's gonna die back down for the next couple of weeks, I guarantee. It. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go and take a break. We'll be right back. So, to start things off with, we get a couple of uh, trailers, some teasers. Uh, first one for the new Zoolander movie. Um, Zoolander? Zoolander. Zoolander II. Uh, I'm not Italian, whatever. Uh, in all honesty, I, I'm just surprised they're making it. and I don't know why they're making it. Yeah, I mean, they had announced it a little while ago, but um, I think Zoolander... Uh, originally it was kind of popular, but then I think it kind of became a hit once it hit like Netflix yeah. and those kind of streaming sites. Um, and then I think it really kind of took off to where it is right now, where it's kind of like this 
like uh, I don't really want to call it a cult hit because it was it was a sleeper hit yeah is what it was I guess that's the best way to put it yeah like it, it took a little bit to get off the ground I mean they kind of did okay in the theaters but like it's like as soon as it hit like DVD is the DVD market and like now on Netflix yeah it, it definitely blew up a lot more yeah because you I mean like it's just like like there's so many jokes because that are coming what, from that's it now. what makes me think that because the original Zoolander came out um let me look up what year it came out, but it came out a while ago. Yeah, I think it came out in like in 2000 or 2001. Yeah, so um, it seems really weird that they would... 2001. Yeah. Um, it seems really weird that they would make this movie 14 years later. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't quite... I, I just don't get it, because, I mean, like, like these kind of, like... Um, you know, nostalgia sequels that are kind of being made or kind of being wanted at this point. I mean, are kind of just clandestine to failure, in my opinion, because I mean, like, if you look at Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber, the original, you know, I really liked, I thought it was funny. I still think it's pretty funny. It holds um, up. Like even today, if you watched it, yeah, you're going to, like, it still kind of holds up, you know? And, um, that, you know, horrific abomination that was Dumb and Dumber, er, er, the, that prequel one, yeah. uh, which should have never been made. That was garbage. And then, but like, you know, the See, official sequel, it's, it's, it's interesting to think that they made, uh, technically, it's a prequel, but it was a sequel to the second one, or yeah. to the first one, right? Um, they made that, and it didn't really work out, but they were still like, okay, we're going to try and make another one. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, the, the sequel, it's just, it's, the official sequel is not that much better. Right. You know, it's kind of just... You know, this is kind of there. Um, it, it was a lot different than the original. Just kind of mean spirited. I mean, and, and like the character, the characterization was just so vastly different. You know, because in the first one, they were just they were well meaning guys who were kind of selfish at moments. Yeah. But they were just, but they they were well meaning, but they were just stupid about the way they did it. And but you know like this one they're kind of like actively being mean to a lot of people and it just kind of seems like you know the farley brothers lost a lot of their magic that they had in the in the 90s plus it's kind of um it's kind of difficult to i it's kind of difficult to make a good movie but at the same time you don't need to make a good movie i think no because if you keep your budget low enough for these movies then you're going to make a good amount of money back because people are going to go watch this regardless of whether it gets good reviews or not just because of the nostalgia factor yeah. to it. So if you keep your budget you know, bef- below a certain threshold, you're guaranteed to make money on something like this. Yeah. Um, so um, I can kind of see that with Zoolander too. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm kind of uh, cautiously optimistic about it. Uh, I am a huge fan of the original Zoolander, so... Yeah, and so, like, I, I don't know. Like, I just kind of hope it doesn't fall into the same, you know, uh, pratfall that, you know, all these other comedies that are kind of getting sequels that don't really need sequels. Like, Zoolander, in my opinion, kind of works as a standalone film. Yeah. Um, you know, not entirely sure, you know, <laughs> why they're going to be doing this, but, you know, whatever. Isn't it? It's, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. You know, I mean, like, and, like, Ben Stiller's back to direct it. You know, he directed the first one. Yeah. You know, but on top of that, I'm pretty sure not a lot of people know that he directed, like, you know, Tropic Thunder and, you know, The Cable Guy, Reality Bites, a couple, um, an episode of Saturday Night Live. He has, like, good, a good track record of directing. Yeah, he, it's not bad. Um, you know, he directed, um, the last film he directed was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, you know, it was okay. You know, not a lot of 
critics dug it. It was it was all right. It was not that bad of a movie. Like if you just kind of kept it on the background to kind of watch while you're dicking around on your phone, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, and to kind of move on to some more uh, trailers, uh, Crystal Lake Memories trailer um, is supposed to be this epic documentary about every single Friday the 13th movie ever made so you get you know friday the 13th one through ten and then you get freddy versus jason and the uh the remake that came about in the you know yeah. mid 2000s i think um so this looks interesting the trailer looks really interesting uh, they have a lot of uh interviews with the original cast um you know cory feldman and a couple other people who were in the movies uh you know I, I'm pretty excited for it. I've just been a big fan of the Friday the 13th movies for the longest time now. Yeah, it was interesting to watch that trailer because there was a lot of, um, you know, you have all these people, of course, talking about the movies and how it affected them. You have people telling, like, real-life stories about how, you know, these movies affected their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have the cast talking about these movies. They show, of course, they're showing, like, all these cast pictures and people dressing up as Jason. So to yep. see how big of, like, a... You know, a cultural impact this movie. Has yeah, exactly. Had. So it'll be interesting to see. And you said it's a it's a longer documentary. It's I think it's like supposed to be a longer like one one like and a half hour, half like you know one and a half to two hour documentary. This is supposed to encompass like you know all you know twelve movies and. Like so, like this is this is going to take up a good chunk of time. This is going to be at least a three or four hour documentary at the very least, and that's not a bad thing though. No, I'm pretty excited for it because like rather than go in depth in depth with all this mm-hmm. stuff then just kind of touch the surface of it exactly so you know this looks pretty cool um i'm excited for it and if you're a big fan of slasher flicks and if you're a big fan of you know the friday thir- 13th movies check this out or if you've never seen the friday 13th movies watch a little bit of it and it might pique your interest to see the originals so you know check it yeah, out i mean really i think it kind of jump-started that generation of horror movies Pretty much, you know, like um, a lot I of people. Mean, you had horror movies before. Well, I mean, of course, like, um, it kind of, it kind of, this developed the slasher movie right. into what it is today. Like you know, like high body count, gore, and unique and interesting kills. You know, because you had um, like a movie before this in the late seventies um, called Halloween. And Halloween um, was is usually kind of considered the first like mainstream horror, like mainstream right. slasher flick, um, because you know like murder on the loose kills a bunch of people in one night, whatever. Um, for this one, uh, this one definitely kind of made it into what it is, like having uh, a very iconic figure. Not to say Michael Myers isn't, but like you know, kind of having an iconic figure show up for like multiple movies in a row. Yeah, because even now you think like so many movies reference the whole having a hockey mask thing. Yeah. Like that's become such a staple in like um, things like farcing uh, horror movies or Mm -hmm. even in horror movies in general. Like having a hockey mask is a generally terrifying thing. Yeah. Because of these movies. Exactly. So, I mean, like they're they're just like so in like the, you know, in the pop culture lexicon of things, you know, and it's just really, it's just, you know, kind of showing as we said before, like the impact these movies have had. Right. And, you know, once again, if you guys are interested in like ever checking out the originals, check them out. They're pretty fun to watch. Um, great during Halloween. Cause like if, if you want to watch them like during the weeks leading up to Halloween, you can probably like, like just like get a bunch of friends together and just blast through like 
a bunch of bunch of these movies in a row. And like some of them kind of get ridiculous and you know even more ridiculous down the line, but you know it's it's just fun to watch. Yeah. Because at, at one point you don't root for the survivors anymore, you root for Jason to kill everybody. Yeah. He I wants mean, to see Jason succeed. Obviously he's going to, right? Yeah. Cuz they have, there's so many sequels yeah. and each one of them he's killing so many people so yeah, pretty much obviously he's going to he's going to win but it's more so like how is he going to do it this time yeah exactly so and uh, for other bloody gory violent uh, movies uh, the official Deadpool trailer was released now we talked about the Deadpool trailer um, when Comic Con was going on um, of course we saw a really crappy shaky cam footage of the uh, of Hall H's you know trailers and stuff. Um, this is the official release. It was premiered on Conan on Tuesday. Full HD, yeah, full HD red band trailer. Beautiful. Looked great. It was pretty funny. I really liked the humor that was portrayed in this, and to kind of just see it all, you know, the way it's intended to be seen, I think it looks really cool. I'm pretty excited for this movie. This is like the first like Fox Marvel movie I've actually been excited to see. Yeah, because it actually looks fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, there's definitely, it was definitely nice to see these things in HD as opposed to just watching them in that, um, you know, kind of like a grainy cell phone camera footage. Um, so watching in HD was beautiful. Um, I had mentioned this to you a little bit before we started recording. I felt like the trailer was a little different than what they showed at Comic-Con. Um, it could have just been cut a little differently, like you said, but, um, I, I definitely felt like watching it, I was watching it like it was something new. Even though yeah. I'd already seen the Comic-Con version, I felt like I was watching it yeah, for too. the first time. Yeah. So, and maybe it's because it looked nice. Yeah. You know? And, like, we could actually, like, hear the audio a lot better, too. Yeah. And, you know, just, like, the lines that they have in this movie are just going to be great. Just, like, T.J. Miller is just, like, so funny. He's one of the funniest guys in movies, in that, like, right now. And just, like, see him as Weasel, as we said before, and then, like, a couple podcasts ago. Yeah. It's just going to be fucking great. So I'm really looking forward to this. And, you know, if anyone wants to check it out, just, you know, it's on YouTube. It's on Conan. You can pretty much find it wherever. I would say go watch it on YouTube so you can watch the Red Band trailer, yeah. not just, like, the normal. Because they did release also, like, a regular. The regular um, like trailer. TV trailer for yeah. it, right? So, uh, yeah, if you want the full Deadpool experience, go watch that Red Band trailer. Yeah. Like man, I just really love the fact that they're just going for a hard R with this yeah. movie. There, there's no other way to do this movie other than a hard R. And and I'm glad that they're doing that. They're not trying to because there's so many things that they could do with Marvel movies um, that would make it be more truthful to like these, you know, like yeah. comic books and like how violent they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are aimed at like a younger audience. Yeah, to bring in those like kids. They definitely have to make it kind of gen- like you know comfortable enough for their parents to bring their kids. Right, right, or, exactly. Know, or something along those lines. I'm glad that this is not one of those movies. Yeah, because Deadpool, if if they would have slapped a PG-13 on that movie, yeah, I could like. There's no way that it was going to be as good as it could have been. There's no way it could have done justice yeah. to... They would have to get like a phenomenal director, a guy who really knows the character inside and out, and like Ryan Reynolds would have to just like bring the shit. And a to, lot of like off-screen killing stuff and just... Um, yeah, they'd really have to... The writing would have to be yeah. stepped up to be very self-aware of the fact exactly. that it can't be rated R. Yeah, that it's PG-13. constantly referencing like other things. Yeah. 
or you know saying like the names of vegetables in the case of like you know curse words yeah. and stuff like that just very self-aware mm-hmm. um, so it could be done but I'm really glad that they're done, not doing yeah. that Exactly, and like, and they, and because this was on Conan, like they interviewed Ryan Reynolds with the two, and you know, pretty much just kind of like like we were saying earlier as well, like um, you know, we heard about this movie since you know Blade Three came out, yeah. that Ryan Reynolds was going to be Deadpool in a it was going to be a Deadpool in an upcoming movie um, when that came out, and that's about you know eleven years ago, I would imagine, and. You know, it's kind of, you know, kind of crazy to say that it's finally happening. And he was discussing how it finally happened was because that test footage got leaked. And because that test footage got leaked, like, um, you know, the Internet just like was just like so loud that they said everybody was like, they need need to make this. Yes, this needs to be this needs to be this should have been a movie already. And, you know, uh, Fox kind of took notice of it because they couldn't really ignore it. It's definitely a good thing that they did do that. Yeah. Or that, you know, someone did leak it because it really kind of set the internet ablaze. And yeah. creating that much hype around it. It probably got like, that yeah. dude fired, but, yeah. I mean, like, in all honesty, like, I can imagine, like, if he hadn't have leaked that, we probably wouldn't be seeing a Deadpool movie for a bit. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have gotten it next year. Yeah. Because they start shooting in, or they, they've already shot most of it. I think it, it's supposed to come out in February, yeah. right? Yeah. February. So now everything is just uh, they they're on the back scale of it clean right up now. and everything. Like they're just like um, I think they they finished like principal shooting, which is like the main stuff, and they're doing everything else. And now they're then after they do everything else, they uh, wrap and then just goes to editing and then you know, do yeah do everything. But yeah, February is pretty close. February is pretty close. This. I'm pretty excited for it. Um, I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um, moving on to more movie news, uh, Spiel, um, director Steven Spielberg, you know, indie director, I'm pretty sure no one's never really heard of him yet, you know, um, you know, indie director, he's done some interesting stuff with cars being chased by trucks and like, and dinosaurs like, and like, like he, he, like he did like a couple like dinosaur documentaries like a, yeah, documentary and like, dinosaurs. like some stuff about, you know, fish and sharks or whatever, you know, there was like something about like a... Like alien, I think. Like, I think uh, so. And then he did like this documentary about like you know for the, like the History Channel for the History like Channel about the like, thing about Auschwitz and shit. <laughs> so you know, um, but Steven Spielberg is going to be helming the um, Ready Player One uh, film, and the release date has been announced. It's going to be coming out in uh, November of 2017. December. December 20. Okay, yeah, December 15th of 2017. Um, and you know he's been apparently he's been a big fan of video games since the beginning. He yeah. like he uh, like has apparently like, he was supposed to be a, a cameo appearance in the original Mortal Kombat movie. Like there's like a scene where Johnny Cage is on movie set and he was supposed to be the director for that fake movie within the Mortal yeah. Kombat movie, um, which kind of shows how much of a fan he is. How of, much of a nerd games. he is? Because I mean, like, there's no denying that Steven Spielberg is a nerd. He looks like a dude who would probably probably would have played Dungeons and Dragons with, you know, at this point, you know. Um, and like, I'm pretty sure if you talk about Dungeons and Dragons with him, he'll like school everyone on Dungeons and Dragons. So <laughs> he just seems like that kind of nerd. But um, you know, I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Steven Spielberg has proved himself to be a very versatile director, and you know he's able to do like big blockbuster actiony kind of kind of movies, you know, big sci-fi epics, and kind of also just pull off like really interesting character dramas as well. Um, so I'm more than confident in this movie. I am really looking forward to it, 
And just uh, the way I see it, it will be the opposite of pixels. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're, pixels wanted to be. Yeah, where where pixels uh, had plenty of um, movie references that were like, or not movie references, video yeah, game references that were garbage. Um, this movie, I think, is going to do it in a very classy way, like yeah. the way that Wreck It Ralph did it. Where, yeah. um, of course, there's a story, but there's all these other like, you know, small little bits that kind yeah. of add to that kind of reality. Exactly. Because like the the story behind this is that it's a dystopian future, and to get people and to get people to not focus on the fact that they're living in a dystopian future, you know, um, they play with this virtual reality video game. But and, then, um, you know, the, like creator of it dies, and yeah. everybody's fighting to like compete for like, his, his money, like, his yeah. like you know, Some, something his like earnings that. or his estate, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, so you know, so something along those lines. It seems really interesting. I I'm a big fan of fucking Steven Spielberg. You know, like his, his movies have just been a big part of my life. You know, for the longest time at this point. And, you know, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be more excited. Um, you know, especially since, like, right now he has Bridge of Spies coming out this year. Yeah. And, you know, next year, you know, we're going to have another Spielberg movie. I'm, I'm always looking forward to a Spielberg movie. Yeah. Like, um, like, no matter how big or small they are, like, there's just, like, no... Who's the, um, who's the studio that's putting this out? Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm going to check. It, um, it's because, probably Amblin or something. Because they, uh, whenever they announced this, they were like, yeah, we have the utmost respect for Steven Spielberg. And we know that, like, you know, his fans want to know when this movie's going to come out. So they're like, we're happy to let everybody know that this movie will be out by this date. Exactly. Um, because his movies are really, um, they're like what you go to the movies for. Exactly. Um, so... Very exciting to actually get a date for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's a movie with video game references and regarding video games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, if you're listening to this podcast, if you play video games, if you like movies, you're going to like this uh, this movie when yeah. it comes out. It's going to definitely be interesting. I cannot seem to, to find who is um, producing it, but... As I said, more than likely the production company is probably going to be Alan, his own production company. If it gets down to it, that's more than likely what it would end up being. Um, so, you know, moving on from uh, Ready Player One, um, some interesting, uh, you know, tidbits, I guess some interesting facts about uh, the Shrek movie that, you know, came out in the early 2000s and has spawned like a billion fucking sequels since that point. Yeah. Um, originally, uh, that movie um, had Chris Farley cast as Shrek. I think I think this is kind of like well known. I think it's fairly well known. Uh, most people out there have known that uh, Chris Farley was originally supposed to be Shrek. Yeah, uh, they recorded most of his lines before he passed away, yeah. but they couldn't complete it, so they decided to yeah. bring in uh, Mike uh, Myers. Myers in, and they completely uh, rewrote the movie uh, to fit him. Um, and so, you know, a lot of, some of the lines are the same, but you know, a, the, the entire story is completely different. Yeah. Um, like, whereas the originally, uh, Chris Farley's Shrek was supposed to be like a teenager, um, who's like learning about the world. Um, and having like, it, had been sheltered by his parents his whole life yeah. and everything. Exactly. Um, um, and it's kind of it, like it seemed like it was a bit of a darker movie, yeah. as well. Um, but I think that kind of just falls into the time frame. This was about, this going to be released, and this was being released like in the late late nineties, yeah, very late nineties, uh, because the footage is from well, the voice acting stuff yeah. and the 
panels they showed, which dropped, I think it was last week, because they're doing the Chris Farley, the Chris Farley documentary, documentary, so the stuff kind of got out. Um, I think they have that stuff dated as 97. Yeah, 97 um, to 99, I think. Is like but that's when, that's when they had the uh, storyboard, so they yeah. hadn't like animated anything yet. Yeah. Um, it so probably they, points towards like traditional animation more than anything yeah. when this was going to be made. Um, and it's, it's just kind of really interesting to see the last work of Chris Farley, you know? Um, and Chris Farley was like one of the funniest guys to ever be on Saturday night live. I mean, like he's a big dude, but he was so acrobatic in everything he's done. He was very like surprisingly animated and like, you know, he can move, like he can move around. You've seen that dude do cartwheels and shit. He was like very comfortable with who he was and like, you know, really made that him. Yeah, I mean, like the whole like Chippendale skit, um, skit with uh, um, with you know Patrick Swayze is one of the funniest goddamn things I have ever seen. And just like the characters he had are some of the most memorable characters, um, you know, on on the show. Like the motivational speaker, yeah. you know, like like half of the time people who know comedy like always quote, you know, you're like, you're gonna be living in a van down by the river you know and you know you had uh the you know the chicago the chicago guys who were sitting in the bar and wings drinking beer and he was constantly having a heart attack yeah and you know uh it's it's just it's just great he was he was one of the funniest guys to ever grace that show and you know like watching this like you see like really his range Mm -hmm. uh because you always saw him as a funny guy but in the uh in what was released it's very serious. Yeah, he's talking a about very like, dramatic take. Yeah, on he's what's talking happened. about why why he's doing what he's doing, and mm-hmm. he's talking about how his parents sheltered him, and like yeah. now he's starting to realize that you know he that nobody likes ogres, and like yeah. you know he's trying to game the system with the king to yeah, kind exactly. of uh, you know get what he wants, and mm-hmm. it also it it's it's weird to see him in that kind of a serious, super serious role. Yeah, because everything he ever did was. Essentially, comedy. like that stupid guy, like Tommy Boy, like like he he's like the, the well-meaning doofus kind yeah, of guy in a way, exactly. You know, and like and you know Tommy Boy was great, Black Sheep was great, and you know uh, Almost Famous was kind of interesting, or like Almost whatever the fuck it was with Matthew yeah. Perry, um, and. You know, it's just kind of like I, I really wish that this movie was made because like they were so close to getting it done um, with with him in it, and they were because they they were at the point where they were so much they were so close to getting done that they were thinking about just getting an impersonator to finish off the last bit of his lines. Yeah. But then they kind of knew that they couldn't really do that. Um, and I just kind I, I just kind of like this is one of those moments where you kind of think of what could have been. Exactly. You know. Um, Probably wouldn't have spawned a bunch of sequels. Probably wouldn't have gone down, you know, the the path it did. Um, you know, it's not to say the original Shrek wasn't good. I actually really liked the um, the first Shrek movie, and the second one wasn't too bad either. I think that Mike Myers did a solid job. Yeah, you know, um, and but I'm, I'm just like can't help but think what this um, like what Chris Farley Shrek. Like what he could have done, like what it could have been, what he could have done, what the story was. Because I mean, like they had Eddie Murphy in the original one as well. Yeah, and um, the banter between Eddie Murphy and Chris Farley worked really well too. Um, so I can only imagine that they probably like, the cast that they had in that movie was fairly the same. The only change was Chris Farley and Mike Myers. Yeah, um, it was definitely interesting to see that. Yeah, um, like I said, it's something that. 
people have known for a while, but nobody really ever... they never seen anything. Never saw anything. They never heard of, like, you know, his take on Shrek and everything. So, yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was kind of definitely... Um, it, it made me happy to hear it. Yeah. To know, like, what could have been. And it kind of makes me want to go back and watch some old Chris Farley movie. Yeah, me too. Like, I've, you like, know. like I, I've been kind of, like, digging up, like, old Saturday Night Live skits on YouTube that he that he was in. Yeah. Um, you know, I just can't I just can't help but just like laugh every single time I see it. Like everything he was in was just like it was gold. It was a hit. Yeah. It, it was just perfect. Like 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 I akin him because like I think like every generation of like Saturday Night Live viewers has like their yeah, guy. That character. Like that character. guy who was always funny, who brought it, who just yeah. brought it the entire time. I think for us that's Will Farrell. And for like the generation, you know, uh, just before us I think they had Chris Farley. Yeah. And, like, you know, they people had, like, Bill Murray, and then, like, other people, you know, had, like, you know, whoever else was in it. Like, Eddie Murphy was really good. Yeah. He was in it. Chevy Chase had some cold, had some good moments. But, like, Chris Farley was just, like, he's the dude. He's, like, one of, like, the big standouts who was ever on that show. Yeah, and, and it spawned a very good career for him. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. So, moving on from a movie that could have been um, to another movie that was made but never released, um, uh, Jerry Lewis's The Day the Clown Cried has been uh, given, among other um, other movies of his, has been given to the Library of Congress. So, you're going to have to school okay. me a little bit on this movie because okay. I don't really know anything about it. Okay. So, The Day the Clown Cried is literally like a Hollywood legend. Um, not many people have seen it. It's been shown very, very rarely. Um, and usually there's like, you know, big backlashes for people getting scripts or like getting hands on like a copy of some kind or anything like that. I'm pretty sure it's never like officially happened, but like usually there's like, you know, like, you know, lawyers involved and like, cause like Jerry, Jerry Lewis doesn't want anyone to see it cause it's that bad. <laughs> Um, so he made it, and at the time he was like, "This is a good idea." Yeah, and then and that's exactly it was, how it went. Down. It was made, and then he was like, "I oh, forgot. I should have done this." Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like um, uh, it's like so, it's, it's a movie that probably should have been put under better hands. Um, you know, which is kind of sad to say because Jerry Lewis is a funny dude. So, do we know what this movie is yeah. about? Okay, like, so like, pretty much, if you just like type in, you know, the day the clown cried. On, in Google, you'll probably be able to pull up a script on like Daily Script or IMSDB. Yeah. Um, so essentially, what it is is a, it's it's a movie about the Holocaust, and uh, the clown in this is uh, you know a circus performer who you know ends up mocking Adolf Hitler and during the start of the Second World War and the, the, the concentration camps and the Holocaust and everything, and he ends up getting arrested, and he's sent to the concentration camps. Um, and he's eventually used um, by the SS and the Gestapo or whatever to um, to entertain children okay. when they're being taken I, into I, the gas chamber. Okay, so I have heard about this. Yeah, I guess I just didn't know the name of it. But yeah, I could see, <laughs> I could see why someone wouldn't want that out there. Yeah, so pretty pretty much like like when this script was originally written back in the seventies. Right. Like it, it was written as a straight up gut punch kind of movie, you know. Um, didn't hold anything back. Wasn't really supposed to be like like overtly funny. Right. I mean, like if you kind of look at other movies, like Life Is Beautiful, um, 
I think it's like the dude's name is like Alberto Benini or some bullshit like that. Um, like it's it, it's similar. Like that movie, Life Is Beautiful, is um, is about you know a father and a son who are put into the concentration camps, and his father is protecting his son by telling him this is not like oh we, no no this is no big deal this is a, just a game we're all playing and if we win we get a tank and he points to the tank that's in the middle of the that's in the middle of the concentration camp right, right. and fucking incinerate anybody who gets you know gets a funny idea. And so he tricks his son into believing that and hiding his son to kind of play along with it and kind of uses some lighthearted moments and some um, and some comedy contrasted with the dark bits of the right. Holocaust to kind of show the lengths a father is willing to go to protect his kid. Um, and the day the clown cried, Jerry Lewis ended up, you know, getting attached to the movie. Um, and originally he didn't want to be in it. He was going like, he's like, like I, he's, he's straight up said like, I'm a slapstick comedian. Yeah. Me leading kids into a gas chamber dressed as a clown. How do I make that funny? But eventually he, you know, uh, he was kind he of was like, I, I, I need the money. Like, well, I, like, no, he like, that's the thing though. He doesn't need the money. He did never needs the money. Jerry Lewis is well off like a son bitch. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, like he got persuaded into the movie because the guy who's backing the movie, said oh yeah we have all the money for you we will you know like you there's no shortage of money and you get you know complete control over it you can do you know whatever you want you can direct it the way you want to direct it and act in it the way you want to act in it right and so he just thought okay you know wait to kind of you know just kind of do this so he he goes for it and he ends up rewriting parts of the script um the original script and the original script is fucking dark it's really dark. Like the, as I would assume it would yeah. be. Like like he's just but Christ. like like but here's the thing though. When Jerry Lewis gets his hands on it, he like you know tears it apart and rewrites it to the point of which where he puts like slapstick comedy bits into it, which I can see it working in like his own head because he's supposed to be a clown and when he's like when he right, actually is right. a clown. But like this is like you know like he goes way too over the top and puts pratfalls in situations that don't need it. Like in places where he could be very poetic with the con with the comedic um, nature of his acting and the comedic nature of, you know, being a clown right. and contrast that with, you know, being a fucking Auschwitz and shit, you know, he kind of just completely goes full comedy on it. And he's not Mel Brooks. He cannot pull this off. Mel if Mel Brooks were to do this, he would know exactly what to do. Right. Right. But you know he, he like he he ain't he ain't no Mel Brooks. He's funny. He's funny as an actor. If you've ever seen Cinderella or you know um, the Bellboy, but he doesn't and, have. But he doesn't have the chops ability to to pull that, this off. You know? No. So you know he uh, it's like so recently this movie was given to Congress um, to the, um, the Library of Congress and it's going to be officially indexed and all this other crap. Even though it's never been officially released at all, and. Um, yeah, it's uh, and but the only way he gave it to them was if they like under like a certain you know clause in the agreement where they said you cannot show this for ten years. So they have it, but they can't screen it for ten years. So ten years from now, we'll be able to watch this. So movie. ten years from now, we'll when, be able to see when this. Jerry Lewis is more than likely going to be dead, and that's exactly what I think he wants. And like, because the dude's eighty nine, right? He's yeah, like, he's, he's, he's he's old. He's pushing ninety. I mean. Yeah, like he like I'm surprised he's not dead yet already. Yeah, you know, um, and so you know he uh, like more than likely he's waiting until he's dead. 
because he doesn't want to be remembered for this. He wants right. to remember for like all the good Everything stuff he did. Because like he, he as I said, he's he a funny dude. This, I hope he doesn't live to be a hundred. They show this movie and he gets shit on and then he dies. Because that, that yeah. would suck. Because, but I'm sure that that that's part of his thinking about it. Exactly. Um, yeah, because you don't want a Cosby situation, right? You don't no. want like your entire career to be tainted by something that you did. Like, at some yeah, point. like um, you know, and you know, I, I guess I can't, I can't really blame him for it because he's even embarrassed about it himself. Because I mean, like a lot of people, like it, it kind of like transcended just being like bad into like being kind of like almost good in certain aspects. Because like a lot of people said, like there's only like so many perfect things you can see. And this is one of those things, dreadfully awful, that elevates it past that. And, and like, so like that's like Harry Shearer fucking talking about yeah. it too, you know. And it's just, it's just insane. It's fucking insane. And it's so weird because it, I can see why he wouldn't want it because it's such a sensitive topic even today. Yeah, even today the Holocaust is, you know, uh, it's still so fresh in our history that you can't really make a movie about it that would. That's not some kind of like documentary or like you know some kind of like uh, hero story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so having a movie where a character is leading kids to their death already super dark. Yeah. But then you add that in the Holocaust where people are already dying. Yeah. For all this stuff, then it's kind of like holy shit. Like you. Like is, why did you go here? This was a bad idea. Yeah. Just like like. And the like the worst thing is is that when it was originally written, it, remember correctly, it's based off of a book, um, you know, of something that actually you know happened to this poor bastard. Yeah, and I'm sure it actually did happen. That's, but that doesn't mean that it warrants making some kind of sort of comedy about. Yeah, exactly. Like I think like like you could make that into a serious like documentary thing where you focus less on him trying to do slapstick and stupid shit to kill kids and focus it more on like. The emotional distress that something like that exactly. would put up the toll that it would take on you. Yeah. Um, but to tr- take that concept and try and make it funny, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like trying to make uh, I don't know, like mass shootings funny. Exactly. You know, it's it's like, it's so. I mean, like, I mean, like, mean, there's there's Holocaust jokes out there, and there's you know, like, there, there's definitely jokes out there about about this kind of situation, and a lot of people argue that. You know, um, there's you know nothing's off limits when it comes to comedy, and I and I honestly agree with I that. I can understand that, but like, but there there are certain situations where like like in order to do it, you need to do it good. Yeah, because you if you don't have the ability or the capability to pull something like that off, you're gonna come off as a giant asshole. Exactly. So you really have to tread lightly, which is why you. You see some people go for that, and it doesn't always land, and mm-hmm. it just kind of it ends up falling on their face. Yeah. Right? And then these people end up paying for it. Yeah. And, like, um, and that, that's the reason why I, like, I, I kind of brought up Mel Brooks, because I think, like, like if anyone, like, I mean, like, you can't, you can only go one of two ways. You, you, you can go complete fucking comedy shtick, you know, with concentration camps, or you can just go full fucking seriousness w- with it. Yeah. And I think full Mel ser- Brooks. Full seriousness, you could do that without yeah. a problem. And, like, Spielberg fucking proved it. He did it, and it's, like, it's one of the best movies of his career. And, like, I think, like, if Mel Brooks got his hands Comedy, on something... It would be so much more difficult, and you would need someone like Mel Brooks exactly. to be able a to... A guy who is that talented. Because there's... 
imagine there being a line of super serious and you know comedy mm-hmm. and super serious is where you start off and that's easy you can, yeah you, you're starting off there all you have to do is do it right uh, to get to the comedy end, you really have to go a long way. And if you fall short, yep, that's where you fuck up. And I'm guessing this is where that movie falls. Exactly, right it, in the middle. Just super fucked up, and you know, it's just and it's just kind of it's just kind of one of those things where it kind of like boggles the mind that this was made. Because I mean, like um, in the original script, uh, the the clown character was supposed to be like just kind of a complete asshole he was such a dick like in his real life apparently and it was supposed to be about the redemption of a horrible man into like a good man right whereas and then with this like with jerry lewis's interpretation it, like he made him more sympathetic than anything else which takes away a lot from of the beginning like, which takes away from his character redemption. arc and his redemption and his as a and like uh you know because like i mean like you like if you see like a person do this like like um, in a movie and you see the emotional effect it has on them the, it, it, it's going to fundamentally change who they are that's as a person that's what's going to make a good movie yeah right? it's like, um, like, uh, like but like having an already sympathetic character who has to be who who is put through this it doesn't have the same um, impact as it should right and you know, and thus, you know, also kind of making the the comedy bits that much more like inappropriate, inappropriate. like, like exactly. not good for that, um, you know, for that moment in time. Whereas, you know, if it was a you know an assholeish character, you can imagine him actually fucking doing this at one point until like the guilt starts to eat away at him, and like, and they even then probably not even have the comedy bits be played up as like full on comedy bits, but just kind of have it be as like this really bad twisted dark humor, right? Um, but yeah, so you know, it's it's big movie news. It's it's you know something that sh- that he doesn't ever want to see the light of day. But you know, until it's happening he, until he's dead. Until he's much. dead. So like, because that's like you said, that's got to be the only reason why that clause is in there. Pretty much, I'm surprised that it doesn't say until I pass away. Um, yeah, like, but, it, but then probably, again, I think the reason why he might have not done that is because what if he passed away next year and then right away we watch this movie. Exactly. So if he passed away within like five years, then you have like five years of cool off Mm -hmm. and then you can show the movie. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, so like if anyone's ever interested in it, you can probably find like the script. I think the original script online and then you probably find like the shooting script somewhere too. Um, And you'll probably be able to just compare and contrast and just see how fucking vastly different it is. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it of like the stuff we had like on the list for the movie news. But there's something that came up that kind of just makes me laugh a lot. So like something else that's really tragic, I guess. <laughs> I would say it's probably. <laughs> um, um, so the uh, the numbers for the new Fantastic Four movie came out. Fo- uh, Fox's Fantastic Four. Ooh, reboots. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, after like horrible reviews and getting a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It made $2.7 million from almost 3,000 um, different screening locations. And I know that people are like, what? $2 million? That's pretty good. That's good if you're like a person. Like that, that's good if you're an indie flick that was made off of like $100,000. Yeah, that's that's great. But this like, is a big budget, like, quote unquote, highly anticipated, um, or they made it seem that way, yeah. right? And Okay, like, here's the price tag on this thing. One hundred and twenty million dollars. So they made back uh, two hundred and 
two percent of what they've put in. They made they made back. Yeah, it, it's it's fucking ridiculous. And you know, a, a lot of people. You know, there there is a lot of controversy around this thing. Um, you know, and you know, for you know, interesting reasons, like well, for legitimate reasons and for stupid fucking reasons, right? You know, um, and we kind of touched on that too, you know, like several podcasts ago, I think. Yeah. yeah and um, so if, if you're interested in our views on it, just fucking take a look at just somewhere in this somewhere yeah. in there. Um, look for it. And um, we can use the listen to you guys, yeah, please. <laughs> Um, so, like, just kind of, like, seeing this just reaffirms the fact that I predicted this correctly. That this was going to be horrible. I mean, there was, in my opinion, no way they could have... This is a franchise that they keep trying to get off the ground. But it's failed so many times before mm-hmm. that people are going to go in first with a sour taste in their mouth. Yeah. And two, they're going to go in expecting a bad movie. Exactly. Um... Which could work in your benefit if you made a good movie, mm-hmm. but you didn't make a good movie. So, yeah. and and even and even then, like if you make a like if people are are expecting the worst, they're just gonna like see everything bad in the movie they anyway. Pick it even more. Yeah. So I mean, like and like I think it was just directed by Josh Trank, and he was pulled off of one of the Star Wars standalone picks, and I can I can honestly. Like just just kind of like thinking in my own head. And this is this is what I imagine happened. Is they got done with Fantastic Four? Is like he got done with Fantastic Four, and when he was doing stuff for the Star Wars movie, I'm pretty sure Disney and Marvel like fucking saw this and kind of went like 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 Disney just saw this and went like no. <laughs> No, this is the wrong guy for our movie, yeah. and they and they pull him off. And you know, there, then there's like rumors that he wasn't getting you know along with anybody on set and shit like that. But you know, I can only imagine like the damage this is gonna happen. It's like the damage is gonna happen for this guy's career. Yeah, like I can imagine this like because if, if this flops as hard as it is right now, I mean, like there I mean there are people who are projecting that this is gonna make you know like. Uh, like 140 million or whatever, I kind of I kind of doubt it. Um, you know, numbers this dismal at you know um, on upon release in the summer, it's it's, it's, it's not it's a bad good news sign for the future. It's it's not a good um, sign. International, it might do okay, maybe. maybe. But even then, that's not going to be. Uh, I don't even think China's going to want to want a piece of this. Like it's not. It's just not going to work out well for them. And I, I'm kind of interested at like now what's going to happen to uh, the you know Fantastic Four movie franchise. I think it's funny. So you were mentioning the director uh, Josh Trank. Yeah, uh, I told you about this a little earlier, um, but he actually tweeted yesterday, mm-hmm. which would have been uh, Thursday. Uh, his direct tweet was a year ago. I had a fantastic version of this, and it would have received great reviews. You'll probably never see it. That's reality, though. <laughs> and then he immediately deleted that tweet, but not before like a million people could get like you know like a screenshot yeah. of it. Um, so I find that very interesting that he okay. I, he is at this point. It seems like he's blaming the studio for the fact that this movie isn't doing well more than himself. So he had it. So he's saying he had it done a year ago. Yeah. Then there should have been a release a year ago. That's how it goes. Because, like, even if the studio gets their grubby little hands all over it, like they tend to do, they're not going to delay a movie by a year on top of, like, having to, ch- like, chip in a shit ton of more money to keep the actors not, on. Yeah, not something like this where um, 
where you've invested so much money in it and you, of course, need to start making that money back mm-hmm. as soon as you can. Like, and, and on top of that, too, the fact that you know they need to release this movie to retain the rights, you know, it's like... You know, like they like if it was done a year ago, I'm pretty pretty positive that we would have had one at least like six months ago. Yeah, you know, we would we would have had it a while like a while ago. Um, probably still would have been a pile of dog shit. But you know, he like I think he's delusional. I kind of think he's yeah. Like he he's just angry that like the like he's just trying to like brush off a lot of blame from him because at this point, like I think some people know that how much studios get their hands on things. And they kind of fuck it up. So I think he's trying to play off of that. And yeah. I, I honestly think that a lot of decisions um, he could have, like, vetoed and he could have done something against it. Um, you know, and it, it's just it's, it's kind of ridiculous to think that this wouldn't be, like, a failure because of, you know, the three past movies that were fucking horrible, one of which was never released. Yeah. And you know, and also the fact that these these unnecessary asinine changes that they made to like to the um to, like, to the overall movie. I mean, like Doom as a computer hacker. Are you fucking shitting me? Yeah, that's a, that was a little that's bit much. fucking stupid. I mean, it's a good thing that they had Doom in there, but they didn't need to do that. I mean, like his screen name is Doom. <laughs> Fuck X X. Emo Doom <laughs> X X capital X X Doom Doom sixty nine Doom sixty nine. <laughs> there were sixty eight Dooms before me. <laughs> I am the sixty ninth. So like, it's just kind of like, you know, like you, this. It just it's not gonna ridiculous. Do, it's not gonna. It might. It might. It might make money back, but it's definitely not gonna be a hit. And yeah. it's. It's. I feel like, of course, they've got to put out these movies to keep the rights to them, but come on. Yeah. At least fucking try, you guys. Yeah, I mean, like, I honestly don't think it's, like, it It may, like, um, you know, get, like, its budget back at one point. Like, after, like, its initial run, it might get its budget back, but... Like, that's, you know, still not that good. That's not good enough in this day and age in the movie yeah, industry. because you make movies to make money, not to break even. Yeah. You do I the mean, same like, thing in video games and really anything in life. I mean, like, I mean, like at this point, like, if you were to, uh, you know, try and, you know, just, just break even, that might, like, spare him the wrath of, you know, Hollywood. Because, yeah. like, if you can't... Like deliver on a you know a movie that's supposed that they want people to like they they don't even have to really you know prove that it's going to bring in this amount of money they just have to want it to bring in a bunch of money and as soon as it doesn't deliver you're fucked as a director or a producer or an actor yeah that's the last time you will be doing like unless it it didn't produce but it was a very great movie exactly that's the only like saving grace yeah but if you have a shitty movie and it doesn't bring in any money mm-hmm. you're you're not working for a big studio again yeah i mean like i i think i don't think a lot of people really realize that you know just because you make a really good movie but if it does horrible in the box office and is a bomb and it's like your you know second or third bomb in a row you're kind of done you know, it, that's just how it works. It's this is a this is a 
um, an industry driven by money. It's by not, success. It's not like you may think it has a set of ideals. It's only ideal is what gets me paid. Exactly. And if this movie doesn't get people paid, they're gonna lose their shit. Because yeah. I mean, because like, like in their minds, it's like I did not just drop. You know, uh, like this student did not just drop and, and, 120 and, fucking million dollars just to get fucked. And they put those numbers out there as mm-hmm. well, so it's not like they're keeping it hidden about. Um, we spent this much because if they if they had kept that hidden and they come out and they're like, oh, we made two million on day on you know mm-hmm. on Thursday. Um, maybe that's not that bad. We don't know how much money they yeah. spent, but they intentionally put that stuff out there to one show how much money they make, and of course that rides these directors' success. Yeah, pretty much. So if the movie. It, like in this case, 125, right? Mm-hmm. 125 million dollars. 120 uh, million dollars, and you're making two million dollars on day one. Yeah, that's 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 a problem. I mean, like if you look at like Jurassic Park, which was made for a hundred million dollars, and it's made like it made like fifty or sixty million dollars day one. You know, that's insane. You know, like, that's fucking crazy. Like, um, you know, same with, like, the Avengers. I mean, the second Avengers was, like, kind of, like, you know, it was okay. It wasn't great. But, like, that made a bunch of money in its first day as well. I mean, just within the first week, it made, you know, it made its budget back. And then after that, it just skyrockets. Yeah. Like, this like this is going to have, like, a, a big uphill battle just to I'm make its so, budget the back. The one thing that, like, upsets me is... How is Fox like making the same mistakes over and over again? I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's so weird because like you know like obviously it can be done. Yeah, Marvel's Deadpool, been doing it for years. Like Deadpool looks really good. I'm kind of fairly confident Deadpool is going to be good, but like everything else that they have on their plate is just garbage. Like if that's what it takes, if what it takes is to make a movie rated R. Take that extra step mm-hmm. just so you can like ensure success. I mean, Don't like, play it safe and then fail miserably. I mean, like the only the only series that they have going for them is the X Men one because that one has proved to be fruitful for them. And I think Deadpool is probably gonna get the same treatment later down the line. Like Fantastic Four at this point, just because like I think they literally just did this to just like hold on to the rights and that's it. Yeah, because Fantastic Four has never really been all that successful. No, it's never. The last been one was never successful, mm-hmm. and this one is on that same route. Yeah, I mean, like I think that like if they took um, this and just kind of did the same thing they're doing with Spider Man at the moment. And you know, share it with Marvel. I think that they would actually have a shot at a decent Fantastic Four movie. I agree. With you. I think like if they just drop the shenanigans at this point, they can like and just like you know, Fox and Marvel work together because it's not it's not un, it's not been unheard of for you know production companies to work together. You know, MGM's worked with Fox, who's worked with TriStar, who's worked with Paramount, you know, who's worked with Universal, and who's obviously worked with it's working because they're doing it right now mm-hmm. with, you know, the this next uh, Spider-Man flick. Exactly. You know, so like I think that they just need to just drop the shit and realize that they can't do Fantastic 4 as good as someone else can possibly do. And I think with um, you know with uh, you know Kevin Feige, you know, Feige, whatever the hell his name is, you know, the guy in charge of the Marvel Universe over at Marvel, I think if he gets his hands on this, it, we can actually see a good Fantastic Four movie. I agree with you. I just, but, it's just kind of, it's just kind of upsetting in all honesty. Yeah, they kind of just need to realize that what they're making is shit, 
and I mean, like, accept that. They just need to accept see, it and move on. I see careers kind of ending because of this. Like, Josh Trank, I kind of imagine him having to kind of recede away for a little bit and go back to Hollywood for a while. I see maybe a good indie movie or something that kind of... Some, some to impress people again, you know? He's going to have to start off small again, more than likely, unless someone else is willing to take a chance on him. And then, you know, you get... Uh, you know, like the like the actors involved, like Miles Teller, he's fine. He was nominated for an Oscar last year. He's gonna be able to ride that for a bit to get some other meaty roles for wherever else. Michael B. Jordan is like, like you know, he was in The Wire. He'll kind of be fine. The chick who plays, you know, the Invisible Woman, I have no idea who that is. She's probably not gonna be seen for a couple of movies for a while. And nothing big anyway. No, nothing big anyways. Same with the dude who plays Ben Grimm. Like he he was in Snowpiercer, which wasn't bad. It was Snowpiercer was pretty good, um, but like, he, like we're not going to see him for a while in big movies for for a bit. And, you know, I I kind of unfortunately see a lot of careers kind of going on the downturn because of this. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where really they have um, they have uh, and the actors have no real kind of I don't even know how to put this they have no real control over what their you know what the script is right yeah I mean but they're also going to catch the shit Mm -hmm. everybody's going to catch the shit because of it yeah and it's all because someone is too proud and they don't want to kind of man up and just say yeah I fucked up yeah I mean like you you know know what's kind of sad too is you know uh as a director, this is only the third film that Josh Trank has done. What is what else is on his? Uh... Um, the last movie he did was Chronicle three years ago. Okay. And um, before that, he did five episodes of a canceled 2007 series called The Kill Point with John Leguizamo. Um, and it's just kind of okay. So like, th- this is why I feel bad for Trank is because. His career has been so short that, and like the bad part about this is that it's like it's short enough to end right now because of a bad movie. Yeah, because he's a fairly new director. Yeah, like he's like probably not gonna get a chance to do something big again because you know like it's other studios are gonna see him and they're gonna go like, well, you fucked up this big chance that they were you were given once. And we're not willing to, we're take, not willing to take a again. chance with you ever again. And it's kind of sad because the director is not the sole person who's involved with the movie. Right. It's, um, you know, there's other people involved. There's screenwriters and, and uh, you, know, you know, production, you know, producers involved. Yeah, there's, pl- there's plenty of other people involved, but it also seems kind of petty to come out and say, this isn't the movie I made. Yeah, and uh, that he, movie was great. Like he, that, that's a little petty and kind of like just very almost childish. Yeah. I mean, like know? I mean, like he he is like the screen. Like he he did write you know the screenplay for this movie, which is you know kind of also pretty sad too. Um, if it's doing this bad, because you're not because you're kind of just like yeah, I kind of you're soiling your name as a director and a screenwriter and, and a writer. I mean, like, I mean, like th- this is like you know between you know two other people as well though. You know, Simon Kimberg and Jeremy Slater also wrote this um, with him, but just like in Hollywood, just having your name on that is bad enough. 
to where, like, yeah, we're not going to fucking take a chance on this kid ever, yeah. ever again. E- even if it was like, oh, you did the first draft, but it was revised and your name's still on it, mm-hmm. you're going to get credit for that revised version, not for the one that you might have done. Yeah. Like, so, like, your name, as we said, you know, your name is still there. It's it's just not going to end well for you. Yeah. And so, like, I'm kind of, like, it's kind of it's kind of sad to think, like, because, like, you know, like, one fuck up of a movie, however grand it may be, you know, sometimes, you know, like, good to Directors are born out of mediocrity, or they're born out of you know a bad situation. I mean, um, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese kind of was the same way with uh, you know who's that knocking at my door? That was like his first film that he ever directed. Yeah, it was rough, but there was something great underlying with it. And did it do well? Fuck no, it didn't. But and, people saw potential. But people like, saw okay, a lot I can, of potential. I can in. see. Where you could like make improvements, yeah. but you already have something strong yeah. here. And also, the, and also, is the fact that you know Hollywood was different back in, back then when he first yeah. made that movie. You know, um, like a, like a, before it became like such a big blockbustery business, you could probably get away with being more artistic with a lot of things. But this, like in this day and age, like it's just, like he's kind of like Josh Trank is fucked. <laughs> like there, there ain't no other way about it. And, yeah, and it's I, and I totally agree. It's upsetting because, like, he like because if he doesn't get another chance, we could be we could possibly miss out on like on you know if a, if a, blah, 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 an actual fantastic movie that he could make. But you know, we're never going to know that if this movie underperforms as badly as it's probably going to do. Right, right. Yeah, um, it's a shame. It's I bad. mean, part of me wants to go watch it, but at the same time, I know how bad it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. So. Why would I put myself through that? Yeah. Or at least pay a chunk of money to put myself through that. You know, I'll go when, like, there's discount tickets. You know, like... When they're pretty much giving away the movie. <laughs> At the movie theater, instead of, like, paying seven bucks, they, like, on, on Tuesdays, they have for five fifty. I'll probably go then. And then just, like, sit there and probably cringe at the entire And then entire report movie. back. And just, just, like, say how bad it is. Because there's, yeah. like, there's, there's only one way to experience how bad it is, and that's to kind of go see it. Yeah, because everybody could say it's a bad movie, and more than likely it is. But until you go watch it yourself, there's yeah. only so much validity to your statements. Yeah. So, um, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, we're, like, almost at a good two hours. Kind of a Ooh. nice podcast, so... Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, go listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, go listen to us on the website. Website. Uh, go like the Facebook page. Um, at some point, I'll try again and put us up on iTunes. iTunes. I think what I need, what we need to do is we need to create a new, like, uh, like I almost want to call it like an album picture. Like, you know, some kind of more design thing so maybe I'll uh, we actually have to make the website look legitimate <laughs> not even that just uh, our logo thing okay. so I think I might maybe I'll have Ann yeah. do something for us I don't know um, but yeah uh, we will be back next week on Friday so one week from now yeah. I'm going to go home uh, edit this thing up and put it on and we will be back next week you guys we'll see you guys then